Hello, and welcome to the Creativity Snippets podcast with Barbara Wilson and myself, Tracy Stanley. We're passionate about encouraging creativity, and we're the co-authors of the book, Creativity Cycling, Help Your Team Solve Complex Problems with Creative Tools. Now, most of you know Barbara lives near Nice in the south of France, and I live here in Brisbane in Australia. Barbara and I started recording our monthly conversations at the beginning of 2020 with a goal of providing information and inspiration on applying creativity to all aspects of your life. Now, today for this podcast, Barbara and I will be discussing mindsets. More specifically, what is a mindset? What are some examples that help us understand what mindsets are? And how does our mindset help or hinder us in our thinking? But let me pass that over to Barbara. Can you help us with the definition of mindsets, Barbara? Yes, sure. I hope so. First of all, I think it's useful to think of mindsets as a kind of frame through which we see our world. You know, you can, you can, we look at our world through our eyes. And if we um, put on a pair of glasses, then it frames how we see the world. And in a way, that makes a, a useful metaphor for thinking about mindsets. So it influences our perception because how we see the world is really how we individually perceive our world. And it's different to the person next to us. And that's because of a whole load of reasons that we'll, we'll come back to here. But it's how we interpret everything around us, um, how we interpret our own thoughts, others, others' thoughts, others' behavior. So mindsets are created when we develop beliefs based on our assumptions. So they develop over time. It's almost an unconscious process as we become kind of socialized into society. So as we grow up in a society within, our, within a family or, or within a group of people, then we start to take on certain beliefs um, which are based on you know, assumptions that, that people are making around us and we start to take those on. Once established, those beliefs lead to the development of attitudes towards something, an object or a person. And once we've got that belief, then our behavior towards them can result in a sort of self-fulfilling prophecy. So we, we believe something about somebody, we act on that belief, and then it, it creates a sort of result um, that we were kind of expecting. And that builds up in time or over time that that sort of you know, process of beliefs, attitudes based on assumptions build into mindsets. So just to give you an example there, um, you're thinking about if we're unfriendly towards somebody, if we, we, or we see somebody who is we believe unfriendly towards us, then we act towards them in a, a less than friendly manner. We kind of reciprocate what we think they're feeling or what we think they're believing. And as a result of that, they respond to us likewise. And we can get into very negative um, conversations with people around that kind of process. Assumptions also can get in the way of um, our attitudes about people as a whole, you know, our stereotypes. So you think about 
you know, the, the stereotypes some parts of society have towards older people um, and how once that attitude is held, then there's a whole lot of behavior shaped by that. And people behave towards older people as if they're not so capable anymore, not so capable of doing particular jobs, etc. And so these, in time, as I said, build into um, mindsets. And when we look at go back to look at creativity, then creativity really requires some specific mindsets. And we discussed this in, in the book we wrote, um, Creativity Cycling, as you remember, Tracy. You know, being creative requires a positive mindset, being open to possibilities. Um, and we'll come back to that in a short while. But Tracy, um, what's your take on mindsets? Yes, thanks, Barbara. Um, we, we, as you know, we've had lots of conversations about the influence and the power of self-beliefs and, as you said, assumptions and how they then influence behaviour, both our behaviour and, in the example you've just given, the behaviour of others. Now, the discussion today it's about mindsets and it's really about our mindsets and how we perceive ourselves in terms of really our creativity. And, um, you know, last time we were on the call chatting, you remember we were talking about perceptions over being artistic and being creative. And we talked about school and how, you know, both of us to an extent had had this self-belief that we weren't creative because we weren't as good as others at art, and how you define art, whether it was painting or sculpting. And this then kind of became a prevailing mindset. I know for myself, I quickly formed the view, well, I don't think I'm very good at this. And so I didn't try as hard. I, I didn't play and experiment with paint and with sculpture to the extent, I guess, that I applied myself in some of my other subjects. So um, I guess I, I hope this story encourages people to think about what self-beliefs they have about themselves and your power really to do anything, to be creative or to achieve any goal. And how that self-belief and your assumptions about what you can or cannot do will influence your behaviour. Um, yeah, and so, and actually, I also enjoyed the conversation, Barbara, we had about, you know, art. How do you measure art? And we had, and we recognised the many artists whose work was quite leading edge and at the time of their, at their time of their life when they were alive, it wasn't appreciated until much later on. So, I guess perceptions override have, have a bit of an incubation period, which is something we've also addressed in previous conversations. So, um, yeah, and we also Barbara, talked about Ken Robinson. I know that you're a huge fan of him and, and of his writing on how particularly children get socialised at school and the power of education. Um, what are some things you'd like to share about Ken Robinson's perspective on mindsets? Yeah, thank, thanks, Tracy. I, I suppose uh, I'd like to come back to what you were saying about his um, approach to education. And I've got a quote here that we, we had in our book, which is, and this is, is quoted from him. My contention is that creativity now is as important in education as literacy, and we should treat it with the same status. So I think that's the end of the quote. I think that really says it all, um, that somehow education has taught us and I think your example demonstrates this Tracy has taught us to dismiss art and to develop our more logical side and that that sort of 
because we can measure that as well. That rational intelligence is tested all the time at school. It's much harder to measure um, art. And as you say, something interesting there, that who determines what's art? Who determines what's good or what's bad in art? There is a theory, in fact, that I wanted to just pick up on, um, which relates to what you were saying, Tracy, is that you know there is at any any time a prevailing um, view in the world, a prevailing perspective about what art is, and if the prevailing view is that something is not art, then you know everything is judged on that sort of basis. Chick sent me high. Uh, has um, actually written about this and I think he, he talks about the domain and the people within that domain who kind of determine what's acceptable and what's not acceptable which I find in a way it's quite astonishing that that, that can happen and as you say there are lots of artists who weren't accepted in their lifetime often because their domain didn't accept what they do. Um, yeah. And it reminds yeah. me there about graffiti, you know, is graffiti art or is it is it vandalism? Um, yeah. And some of it is probably vandalism. Some of it is yeah. clearly art. Yeah. So, yeah. So Ken Robinson then just to, to complete that. Um, and I think also uh, he, he also implied that, you know, we we educate people, we educate children out of being creative. Picasso said the same thing, children grow out of creativity and we somehow have to recapture that belief that we can all be creative and dare to let it out. And I think that's the, the message there I've taken from Ken Robinson and you know Picasso saying the same thing. Yeah, and actually if I could, I just remembered a, um, a cartoon I saw during the week. There was a child sitting on the floor and the parents were chatting to each other and they said, you know, well, well, Jemima, um, what do you want to do when you grow up? Do you want to be an engineer or a lawyer? And, you know, and the child says art and the parents are, you know, what are you talking about? And it just, um, it just reminds me about socialisation and perceptions over what's the right career, what's the right way we should be spending our time and how we pick up those messages very, very subtly from when we're very young. Yeah. But um, Given the impact of socialisation on us, you know, and messages around whether we're creative or whether we're artistic, Barbara, what's your thoughts on how we can learn to change our mindset? Mm, thanks, Tracy. Can I just, before we say this, I, I just want to say something else that I think is really important to note here. And, and it probably justifies why it's important to examine our mindsets and then potentially change them. Um, one of the uh, one of the things I've, I've been reading at the moment is um, a book on on the current sort of situation with COVID, and and all the other things going on, the potential climate change issues in the UK, Brexit, etc. And it all makes a very depressing read, to be honest. However, one of the things that struck me from this was that um, and a study recently showed that exposure to negative or positive thoughts can be contagious. Now, I've, I've kind of always believed that. I've, I've always seen, you know, negativity or positivity uh, in situations as being a bit like dominoes. You know, you can have one, one negative person in a team, for instance, at work, and their negativity can have an effect on the next person, the next person, till it goes 
they all go down with this kind of negativity, a bit like dominoes go down. And the same can happen with positivity, which of course is, is, a, is a good thing in a way. So we need to be very careful about, about the importance of mindsets because it is contagious. And, and that means it, 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 it can spread just like COVID spreading. And what we don't want right now is the, the further spread of this sort of negative mindset that seems to be taking over in a lot of places. So coming back to how to change mindsets, first of all, I, I suggested earlier that they're created um, through developing assumptions and beliefs. So one of the ways to change them is to kind of move back down that chain that creates them. So first of all, to challenge your assumptions. Um, sometimes we, you know, well, not sometimes, I think we all tend to live in bubbles with people who are like-minded and we see it on, you know, social media all the time. It's not necessarily a bad thing. However, it's very hard to challenge mindsets when we're surrounded by people who think in a very similar way. You know, we saw that with group think, you know, that, that we've talked about Tracy in the past, that group think is a is a way in which groups and teams tend to all start and governments even you know start all to think about in the same way um, and nobody challenges the assumptions on which on which those beliefs and thoughts are based so somehow we need to break that chain we need to unpack what those assumptions are and then look at, and we can go back down by thinking about, you know, what's created this mindset in our head? What's created this negative mindset? What are the beliefs I've had that have created it? Um, you know, they might be, if I'm being negative about my approach to creativity, it might be that I don't believe, you know, I, I don't like you saying um, earlier, Tracy, with your example, I don't believe I'm creative because you know, I came bottom in art at school. I mean, that actually, I'm talking personally there because I did at one <laughs> stage. <laughs> and the teacher told me I'd never be good at art. I couldn't paint within ah. the lines. That was my problem. I always went over the lines, <laughs> which is quite amusing when you think about it now. Um, so we have to challenge those. Look at where that negative mindset comes from. Where does that negativity start? What are the beliefs we hold about ourselves? What are the beliefs we hold about other people? What assumptions are we making around that? You know, and I, it kind of brings out all sorts of thoughts in my head about beliefs we have about, you know, women, about sex, about gender, about um, black, white. Uh, yeah, just just I'm just thinking about the German English football match last night where sadly the English some of the English crowd were booing when the German national anthem was on, you know, what 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 were their assumptions and beliefs that were creating that kind of mindset? Anyhow, that's enough of my rambling, I think. <laughs> so I think hopefully that that sort of gives a, a way forward. We need to just kind of unpack those mindsets, find out what underpins them and then challenge that underpinning. And sometimes we'll need help with doing that. Yeah. So just to I've, I've kind of looked there at um, positive and negative mindset, which of course is, and we've talked about this before, for instance, seeing a glass half full or half empty. 
But there's also other mindsets that I think are, are really interesting to explore. And one of those is the discussion around growth versus fixed mindset. Um, Tracy, we, would you like to say something about that? Yes, sure. And I guess for our, our listeners, if you'd like to learn more in this area, Barbara and I are both fans of Carol Works Thinking and Writing. And she has a model which is not um, good and bad. It's growth and fixed mindset. Um, and it's a really interesting. So the, the, the fixed mindset, let's start by defining that. It's when you measure things in terms of success and failure, sort of yes or no. Um, whereas the growth mindset says that we're, we're growing and developing all the time. And it emphasizes the importance of failure as being an important part of the learning process. Um, so, you know, to be creative, you need to have this growth mindset because you need to constantly be sort of thinking and experimenting and exploring new possibilities, possibly failing, but again, just learning from that experience and moving forward. And Barbara and I have discussed that previously, but um, if, if you'd like to, to know more, her book is The New Psychology of Success, um, and I think it's a great place to, uh, to go. Barbara, sorry, Barbara, that sort of sounded a whole bit messy. Any other comments that you wanted to make about um, Carol Dwork's fixed versus growth mindset? Oh, you there, Barbara? Okay. Sorry, I am. I unmute. I muted myself. I'm a, <laughs> sorry about that. I am here. Okay, that's all right. <laughs> I think it's about. Um, thank you for asking me that. I, I I do think it's very much about sort of being open to opportunities, and I'm really um, big on this that we we need to retain that openness, um, and particularly when we're looking at sort of career development. I, I'm, um, you know, in my coaching, I do a lot of work with people in terms of their future career opportunities, uh, their future development plans. And, you know, it's very, very clear that we have to be open to those opportunities, whatever they might be. Um, and th this quote came up, and we just discussed it earlier, um, that luck uh, is really preparedness or preparation plus opportunity. Um, and if we're not open to those opportunities, however much we prepare, then maybe that luck just won't happen to us. So it, it really is important on a personal level, um, as well as anything else to, to have that openness, to have that growth mindset, to believe that we can change and develop. Yeah, yeah. Yes, yes. So lots of points. Let me, let me try and summarise, Barbara. So if I had to identify the three things I wanted listeners to take away today, the first one is that a mindset is a frame. It's a frame of reference through which we, we view the world and to remember that it influences our behaviour towards others and towards ourselves. Secondly, you know, our mindset, it develops really unconsciously and it, it's very much influenced, as we said, through our socialisation, you know, at home when we were young and at school. Um, and just to be aware of how, and that can be invisible to us. So, so reflect on that as Barbara and I have reflected on our experiences in school and art and not being very good. And then that affecting our perceptions as to whether we are creative or not. And then finally, as you've just said, to change your mindset, we just really need to, to think about what our mindset is and to identify what are the assumptions that we have that 
are influencing the way we're seeing the world. Um, and we need to challenge these and say, it's not saying they're good or they're bad. It's just saying, well, I'm, I've got this perception based upon this assumption and, and just being really clear about that. Voila. So those are probably the three things I would like you to take away. And as I said, um, we really direct you toward Carol Dweck's, Dweck's book, The New Psychology of Success. Now, we tend to finish these um, sessions, these chats, by what we having a reflection on what we've learned in the last month. And um, for me, it was fairly sad to hear of the death of Edward de Bono, and we've talked a bit about his influence previously. It's particularly relevant to, to mention him today because he modelled the open, the open, the growth mindset. He was a wonderful thinker, um, constantly exploring new models, disruptive models, um, and with just this ongoing lifelong interest. I mean, I think he was lecturing well up until his 80s and continuing to give us new ways and new tools that can help us to think differently and to help others to think differently as well. He was really big on um, creative thinking as being a presence of mind. I really like that as being a state of mind, a presence of mind. Um, he thought of the mind as a, a memory surface in which old patterns of thought constrain what we pay attention to and the new ideas we could potentially see. Uh, I also like the fact that he helped us to see absurd ideas um, as stepping stones to better ones. Um, and you know, he encouraged us to make silly mistakes and then to derive inspiration from them. So um, sad day, but he's left the world, you know, a richer place because of his, his openness um, and, yeah, and his modelling of the, the growth mindset. Hmm. Barbara, what about you? What have you been um, thinking about in, uh, yeah. since our last conversation? Yeah, thanks, Tracy. Um, I, it's taken me a bit of a while to really sort of put some thoughts together on this one, to be honest. Um, to a couple of things, but kind of related, because this month I, I took the opportunity to go travelling, which has been a, a great, um, a, a great thing to do for me, having gone through all this COVID stuff, and went to Italy, visited Rome and Pompeii. Um, and I've been thinking about that whole, whole sort of big subject about the Romans and civilization, and yet they were so civilized and so forward thinking in their sort of science and their engineering, their building, etc. And yet they were still so barbaric, um, you know, watching animals fighting and gladiators fighting to deaths in the, in the their arenas. So it kind of connected with some other thoughts I've been having that what's what's popping up a lot in um, when I coach people is the importance of emotional intelligence that we encourage and it's kind of related to what we've been talking about today we so encourage people to be rational logical thinkers and the Romans were certainly excellent at that in terms of the, the out the end results of what they did um, but we neglect the emotional side we neglect emotions and to me emotions are the key um, you can't be creative without having some emotion you can't be creative without having passion um, but equally it's important to control our emotion um, and to to understand our emotions to control them and then to to let them go sometimes so we can express emotion so I, I think that's probably a, 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 as a topic I'm going to revisit in my blog and, and it might be something we could revisit in one of these um, creativity 
uh, snippets one day, Tracy. But that, that's yes, what's like been that going idea. on for me. Yeah. Okay. Yeah. Great. So over to you, back to you, Tracy. (laughs) (laughs) Thanks, everyone, for listening in to our chatter about mindsets and assumptions. Um, It's great to have you here today. Um, As always, if you'd like to learn more about our experiences, you can find Barbara at barbara-wilson.com and myself at tjstanley.com. And, of course, you can buy our book, Creativity Cycling, Help Your Team Solve Complex Problems with Creative Tools. And it's available on Amazon, Google Play and Book Depository. Wishing wishing all our listeners a very creative day. Bye. Bye, Barbara. Bye from me. Okay, bye. Bye, Tracy.